I'm Brian Tarran. I'm with uh, Significance Magazine here today live from Denver, Colorado at JSM 2019. And I'm with Michael Shuckers of St. Lawrence University. Hi, Michael. Hi, Brian. And we're, we're talking about esports today, specifically a game called League of Legends, but I think we should uh, step back a little bit first and have you tell the listeners a bit about yourself and your, your background and what you do in your day job. Sure, so I'm a professor at St. Lawrence University. It's a small liberal arts college, one of these American sorts of things. It's uh, about 2,400 students. So mostly my job is to teach those students and prepare them. Uh, I do a little bit um, in terms of research. I've done a good bit on sports, primarily ice hockey, uh, in the last 10 years and sort of got into the eSports because I've got some colleagues that are interested and mm -hmm. I've got some teenage kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, eSports is massive now. It's, it's really growing. I, I see that you know, channels like ESPN are running competitions. We had a, recently had an intern in the office who had the... Uh, there was the um, Counter-Strike Go World Championship on screen. He was talking about the thousands of, hundreds of thousands of pounds that are at stake, you know, if you're for winning this so it's, it's a real growth area yeah and and you know i think in terms of some of the championships of some of these games like league of legends you're talking about 100 million people mm -hmm. you know playing in any given month uh, which is just massive um, i happened to be touring around colorado last week and was in a walmart of all places mm -hmm. And they had a small esports arena that you could rent and bring all your friends in and play against them and fully outfitted with the latest gaming gear. That's amazing. That's amazing to think. So, you know, we're familiar with um, statistical analysis of sports data. Um, has you know, has esports um, fallen a little bit behind? Have they have they not had that, that sort of statistical data analysis behind the games yet, or are they almost sort of keeping pace with what's going on in the wider sports area because the, the fact that it's all online, there's probably a huge amount of data that you can take from these games, from the, from the servers, from Yeah, the I, I, I think certainly in the sort of academic space and even sort of online, mm -hmm. um, that the statistical analysis of esports is probably not where, you know, a lot of the other physical sports are. Um, and I think part of that is uh, the, the data, it's unclear actually even what should be collected. Um, and, you know, the companies that are producing these games are not necessarily making it easy to collect that data. Uh, and so there, I think we're, we're a little bit behind, but I think given the amount of interest there, I think it's just a matter of time before it catches up. So you, you're, uh, you're presenting at uh, JSM on Monday, um, and your talk is focused on a game called League of Legends. Now, I play computer games. I, I'm aware of League of Legends. I have no idea how it works. It seems a very complicated uh, system. You, t tell us about the game. Well, what you know of the game. Sure. Um, it, it, it basically, in the, the form that we're analyzing, it's a five-on-five -five game. Um, there are basically three attack paths. Uh, it, it's essentially a you're trying to destroy your opponent's tower. Mm -hmm. uh, you have these three main paths and then this sort of jungle in the middle. Uh, and because of that structure, the champions, which are the players, uh, tend to have fairly defined roles. Uh, and we were specifically looking at this bottom path, uh, where generally you have two players. Um, so of your five, you usually have one in the top, one in the middle, one in the jungle, and then two at the bottom. And these are the defenders, essentially? Yeah, yeah the, the, the defenders are attackers, oh, okay, uh, right. as it may be, right? So you're going five on five. and looking at were there pairs 
uh, of players in that bottom path that work well together. Mm -hmm. And when you say pairs of players that work well, you're not meaning the, the characteristics of the individual players, but the, the champions. So the right. each, I guess, each character has a set of stats that say, you know, maybe it's good at dealing damage or good right. at absorbing damage. Is that right? Is That's that the sort of thing, right? Uh, are are they sort of hand to hand, or are they sort of distance? Mm -hmm. Um, do they deal a lot of damage but can only fire irregularly, those sorts of things. So what were, what were the questions that you were looking to answer when you... Yeah, so the, the, the primary question, and, and worked with two colleagues at St. Lawrence University, um, Chung Su Lee and Ivan Ramler, and the, the primary questions were, you know, in that bottom area where you have um, two players, were there pairs that worked better than others? Um, and we certainly found that, that, that there were. Um, you know, I think one of the other big findings is that because of the structure of the game and because of the, um, the nature of the battle and the players and the teams you're going against, the actual humans, um, that players aren't really good at knowing which champions go well together. Um, there seems to be a lot of evidence. Uh, so the, the, the way that teams choose champions is sort of a draft. So you pick one and then that champion's ineligible for the other team, etc. And um, yeah, they don't seem to be very good at distinguishing and, and making out which are the best best pairs. So uh, uh, would the assumption be that players are kind of choosing their favorites rather than you know optimizing basically for, yeah. for team strength? Yeah, and I think Part of it is that the feedback is very noisy, right? You're getting feedback that is dependent on the quality of your teammates, the quality of your opponent, and being able to distinguish that from the quality of the champion or the characteristics of the champion that are important. Okay, so what were the pairings that you found worked uh, best for, uh, for, well, I guess for surviving longest, winning the game? Yeah, so I think that the, the general sort of trend, and, and, and um, we found a, a good number, but the pairings that seemed to work best together were champions that have the ability to stun and champions that have the ability to rapidly fire. Um, and so, uh, although that's just sort of a general trend among those that we found that were really uh, sort of what we call symbiotic, which is, right, you're getting a good effect from both. And did you um, see, were these pairs used quite a lot in, in terms of actual competitions, or were they, were they quite an unusual pairing? Um, they, they seem to be not any more selected than other pairings. Right, okay. Um, you know, certainly we have a lot. We have millions of matches that we were able to, to analyze the outcome of. And so uh, certainly used a lot, but I don't think any more proportionally than some of the other pairings. And, but this is, of course, a, uh, an early study. I, I guess there's, yeah, very there's early. much more that you would want to see. I mean, you talked earlier about uh, having obviously got the champions uh, interacting and then you've got the different skill levels of players. I guess there are ways you're going to want to look at modeling that and trying to remove some of those effects to figure out the best strategy. Right. And so, you know, in this, we were basically just looking at the champions used, not necessarily the humans and their skills. Um, we'd like to be able to tease that out. Uh, the other thing is this data was originally collected in 2015. Uh, they've added more champions. They're all, you know, they're always tweaking uh, the champions. And so, 
Um, yeah, I'd like to continue that and, and see what other things we can do to improve. Have you uh, had much interest from the, the company? Is it Riot Games that makes League of Legends, I think? Yeah. yeah. We have not heard anything oh, okay. All right. from them. I'm, I'm sure they're busy doing other things. I can imagine that. Yeah. But you are right that the balancing, uh, the, the fact that these games are online, they're always constantly being updated. And I think the little I know of the way these games work is that the developers are always trying to find a way to, you know, to, to the game balance so that you can always have whatever combination of uh, champions against whatever combination. And ultimately, it should come down to player skill rather than character stats that, that make the difference. Right. Yeah. So keeping up with that's probably yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, if there's going to be any interest from Riot Games or other game makers, it's this idea that you mentioned there of balance. Yeah. Right? And trying to balance out the characters. So they may well use your findings to then tweak the <laughs> characters and invalidate yeah. it next time. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, yeah. Keep doing it, and uh, I'm sure at least the players, if they can latch onto this information early enough, will get a competitive advantage next time it comes around, and maybe uh, are in line for those uh, hundred thousands of dollars of prizes that, uh, that are up for grabs. So. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michael. Thanks for talking to us about uh, to us. I'll stop that Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for talking to us about your work today, and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of JSN. Thank you, Brian. Good to be with you. My name is Brian Tarrant, and I'm the editor of Significance Magazine. Find us online at significancemagazine.com. For this special JSM series of podcasts, we're collaborating with Stats and Stories. Stats and Stories is a partnership between Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media, Journalism and Film, and the American Statistical Association. Follow us on Twitter, Apple Podcast, or other places where you can find podcasts. If you'd like to share your thoughts on our program, send your email to statsandstories at miamioh.edu or check us out at statsandstories.net. And be sure to listen for future editions of Stats and Stories, where we explore the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics.